Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Women Entrepreneurs Podcast. We have a very um, timely topic, <laughs> I think, for a lot of people on the Women Entrepreneurs Show, but a very, uh, I, I can't wait to hear uh, the backstory of our wonderful guest today, Stephanie Boyd. Stephanie, welcome to the Women Entrepreneurs Show. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Now, before we get started, before I read her introduction, because I want you to get a little bit of her backstory, I'm really looking forward to hearing some more details of that on the interview today. But I want everybody to remind everyone, as always, to wait till the end of the program to find out how to stay, how to get in contact or get more information for from our guest or how to stay or get more involved with women entrepreneurs as a group. Also, if you are driving any of the, if you're watching this, obviously you'll see all the links pop up, but if you are driving, then just go, when you get the chance, go to the show page on the internet and we will have all of the links that I talk about at the end of the show listed there for you to easily connect with Stephanie or with us at Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire. So now a little bit about Stephanie. We're going to talk about a couple of different things on the interview because her current her current position is she has a real estate and broker license and that's 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 part of her bio that I'm going to read for you here. But she also has an interesting background because she was one of the youngest criminal investigators in Sacramento County, California. So I want to hear a little bit about that too. So after a successful career in criminal investigations as one of the youngest criminal investigators in Sacramento County, Stephanie went on to pursue her dreams of joining the family real estate business. She spent years learning the ins and outs of real estate and lending on or lending with her family brokerage. Brokerage. <laughs> now Stephanie has both her real estate and brokerage mortgage mortgage broker license and is the CEO of her own corporation, a single mom turned success story. Stephanie is a proud Air Force mom, has three sons, got a little something in common there, two granddaughters and her ador adorable Pomeranian Lola. Stephanie is passionate yes. about grassroots community outreach and enjoys working with her community to find solutions to help people experiencing homelessness in Sacramento, which is a huge problem all over, but we've noticed it a lot here in Northern California. She also loves singing, yoga, painting, and traveling. So once again, welcome, Stephanie, to the program today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So we, we got to know, you know, inquiring minds want to know, tell us a little bit of your, because now we know you're you're in real estate and you obviously, because it comes from a family business in that background, mm. that you, you have plenty of knowledge in that, which we'll get to that because finding a home right now is, can, can be a bit of a challenge, but tell us how you got here because you were a single teen mom and you went in from there, you became, a you know, a, the youngest criminal invest or one of the youngest criminal investigators. So what, probably what the you youngest, honestly, uh, interesting. So, tell us about it. Okay. Well, so when I was a freshman in high school, I uh, decided I would be a good time to become a mom, apparently. Um, so uh, my mom told me, I remember her telling me that it's never the perfect time. And so that was just my time. And um, so I took the proficiency test, um, got out of high school when I was 
16, right when my son was born, and I went straight over to Sacramento City College. And I enrolled in full-time classes there for early childhood education. And I did that for a little while in order to work in my son's daycare while I continued school and taking classes for criminal justice. And I decided to pursue a career in law enforcement. Um, <clears throat> but unfortunately, I was a bit of a brat when I was a younger kid. And I was only 19 now. I graduated from um, college and trying to get into this law enforcement career. And I found out that, um, well, sheriff's departments don't really hire joyriders and people who, you know, may have had a bit of a little slight brush with the probation department. So um, luckily my son came along just in time to save me from a life of crime. And I decided to go to college. And um, what I found out was that there was a thing called a public defender investigator. And so throughout college, I had only really heard of this more law enforcement oriented. But as I started looking for a job, I came, I came upon a job announcement for criminal investigator, and they were hiring for the DA's office and the public defender's office. So for the DA's office, you have to be certified law enforcement. And for the public defender's office, you did not need that PC 832 certification. So I went in there um, for my interview. My first interview, I got passed over. Mind you, I was in the number one rank. So I've, I'm a very good test taker. That is why I have a lot of licenses and I can study for a test and I was fresh out of college. I knew everything on that test. So I was in and out of there in the first rank. Um, I went to my interview and it was a real, at that time, the bureau chief was a very old man and it was a good old boys club and he did not like me. I was pregnant. I was two weeks overdue pregnant with my second son and he asked me where my husband was and I could not provide an answer to that question because I did not have uh -oh. one. And uh -oh. so that was a very illegal question for him to ask too, by the way. Um, sure. Yeah. So at any rate, they passed me over that time, but they had to get, they had to either hire me or justify why they weren't hiring me in order to get to the fourth and fifth rank. They have to hire everyone in the first, second and third rank because of civil mm -hmm. service rules. So I came up for a second interview. He wasn't there. I got hired and I later found out that he was in the hospital with a heart attack and he had told them that he would hire me over his dead body. And so oh, no. then he went and had a heart attack. He did not die. He came back into his utter horror. There was little old me. With there you own, were. There I was with my very own desk running investigations on my very own. And he said, well, I'll fix her wagon. I'll put her on homicides and three strikes. That ought to take care of her and get her out of here. And now, how old were you? How old were you at this point? Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Okay. Yeah. Or was I? Twenty. I might have just been. I might have been not quite twenty-one. Um, at any rate, that was. Yeah, I think I was twenty-one. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he. So he tried to overwhelm me with um, murders and rapes and kidnappings and homicides and everything, burglaries, robberies. And I um, just excelled at investigations. I went, I loved being out in the field. I wasn't afraid to go up to a stranger's door with a subpoena. 
I wasn't afraid to walk through a homeless camp and find witnesses. And um, I just had maybe not enough sense to be afraid, but at any rate, I wasn't. And so I, um, I got some good advice along the way. I made some really great friends. I had some really great uh, female role models. Um, the assistant bureau chief was a very powerful woman who was about 20 years older than me at the time. And the office was just full of powerful women lawyers. And there were actually quite a few women investigators. Um, so they gave me some inside tips and tricks on how to navigate through this really male-dominated field. And um, I got lots and lots of letters of recommendations from the lawyers. I won almost every case I touched. And then I just kind of burn out on it after about five years because it does get to your soul, even if you're not afraid of it. It still hurts yeah. your heart to see, you know, and on a deeper level, I might have been responsible with my great defenses for getting guilty people back out on the streets. So mm. at some point that didn't really start to feel great, although I deeply believe that everyone deserves a defense and everyone should be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a shadow of a doubt. So that really formed a lot of my early kind of foundations, I guess, as an adult. It was a real abrupt awakening into the adult world of real life, hard stuff. Um, so then landing into real estate with my family was kind of a softer landing. And I had little kids at that time. I had a third son. I got married. Um, so one, another good thing that happened in the county was I met my ex-husband and he was a county supervisor. Um, not as not on the board of supervisors. He was a supervisor in the county. I should clarify. Anyway, we met at work, got married, had a great kid, and he's in the Air Force now. And um, so, yeah. And he later came to work with me in real estate. Nice. Um, so, yeah, so we had, oh, go ahead. So you make this transition into real estate. Was there any correlation? Like, were there things in your your life as a as an investigator that you think maybe um, traits or skills that you learned that you were able to, you know, to put into your real estate? Oh, so many. I mean, one of the noticeable ones that I always remember sticking out in my mind was that I just knew the city so well from driving around looking for witnesses. So I knew all the neighborhoods. I knew where the good neighborhoods were, where the bad neighborhoods were. And then probably the most beneficial skill I gained out of that was just learning how to talk to strangers and how to relate to people and how to build rapport with people. Because imagine I'm representing the guy who you are accusing of raping you. And now I'm in your living room and you're getting ready to talk to me and you're, I have to make you comfortable. And I also have to possibly, my angle is to discredit you. So I learned a lot of communication tactics, I suppose you could say along the way. Um, but really, as far as relating to real estate and marketing, um, it helps the door knocking habits. You know, there's a lot of uh, cold calling door knocking that you have to do as you build real estate clientele. And so um, generally, though, I guess just really helped with my personal people skills. Nice. 
Very nice. Now, for the young entrepreneurs, before we get into the real estate itself, but for the, the young entrepreneurs that are out there, especially if there's some young young women out there, like you, you were in a position, you are an exception to the rule, so to speak. Uh, like so many, statistically, a 16-year-old who gets pregnant does not go on to college right away and, you know, is working in a county or, a, you know, a career at the age of 20. What do you, what's a, what drove you to finish your schooling, to make that next step, despite the stresses that you were obviously under as a teen mom? Like what's a piece of advice or something that you can share with the young entrepreneurs or with the moms who have teens who are pregnant with children and what can they do to encourage and support their kids in that journey? Well, I always say that um, my oldest son was really my savior. He came along and I mean, so what really motivated me was just wanting him to be proud of me someday. Wanting, I didn't want to be that statistic. I was just determined that I knew what I was doing. I was ready for this. I was tired of people bossing me around. I was ready to be the boss of somebody else. And I wasn't just, I was just determined. So I think it was just that um, really, I just wanted to make this little human proud and so that he could have a mom that he could, you know, look up to and um, with a side of spite, because I also had a, a lot of detractors along the way, including, you know, the bureau chief I mentioned. And so everybody that doubted me just gave me strength to try harder and study harder and, you know, work longer hours, find the, you know, just all of that. It just all, I'm, I've, I've always been a bit motivated by <clears throat> that. I'll show you attitude. Adversity. <laughs> there you go. Adversity. I like that. Sounds a little less bratty, but. Uh... I love it. I love it. And I like the fact that you took yourself out of the equation, right? It wasn't so much. You, you didn't sit in that. It doesn't sound like you sat in kind of the poor me, woe is me kind of thing. I can't finish high school, blah, blah, blah. Like you were focused on this child and wanting him to be proud of you, which I'm sure he is very proud of you today. <laughs> so that's a great piece of advice. So now let's now let's fast forward. Let's get into your, you know, in the real estate, because you do have you've got a, a first time buyer home buyers home handbook. First time home buyers, I'll get it straight. <laughs> yes. Handbook that that we want to talk about a little bit, but you have how long have you been a real estate agent now? So I was originally licensed in 2000. Okay. And um I diversified after when I saw the crash coming <clears throat> about 2007. Um, so what, let me back up when I originally got licensed, there was no NMLS loan officer, loan originator license. It was just a, under a real estate license. You could do both. So I pr always preferred loans and that is what I focus on now. I do also represent people in real estate transactions, but I prefer to refer these out to real estate partners. So if there's any real estate partners out there, uh, hit me up. Um, <laughs> But, um, oh shoot, 
can we edit this? I just totally lost my train of thought when I shouted out to the realtors. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. So you can just, what Kelly will do is post in post editing, she'll take this little clip out. So just go ahead and, and pick that. You know what? I'll ask you the, I'll ask you the question again, but I don't remember what the question was. So Kelly might have to, okay. She's giving us a thumb up, thumbs up. Sorry. So um, let's go from how long you've been in, in the field. Okay. So oh, I'll just start okay. with the question. Okay. So how long have you been in the real estate field then? Let's just call it 22 years off and on. So I took a little time off in there after the crash. Um, I, I went to work as an SBA loan officer for the disaster assistance office after Hurricane oh. Katrina. So I worked several hurricanes. Um, it's a temporary position because of the nature of disasters. So I worked for the um, Small Business Administration for about two years doing disaster loans. And then I went and got a massage license, did a little bit of uh, relaxation, all that loan finances got a bit stressful when the market crashed. Um, and so then I jumped back in in 2015. And then I, um, four years ago, in 2018, I got my mortgage loan originator license. And then last year I got my broker license. Got it. So, so you really, you are just in the trenches right now with, I mean, the last couple of years have just been crazy with um, people trying to find homes and find places to live. And um, now that the loan, the, you know, the percentage on the loans has changed, like the real estate, the market's just been crazy the last few oh, yeah. years. It has so, been crazy. And now that there's inventory, people can't qualify because the rates are up. And mm. so um, we are, oh, in fact, just as I was getting ready to get on this call, I got another email from one of my wholesale lenders that's closing their doors. And they're, today's, the, today, as of like the moment the email was sent, is the last day to submit a file with them. And they will close everything that's in the pipeline, but they're closing their doors completely in October. And this is just continue. This keeps happening. This is like I don't know four, five, six, ten wholesale lenders now. A couple big ones too. Uh, over the past month or so, several large wholesale lenders have just closed their doors. So wow. during the pandemic, we saw a lot of guideline changes, a lot of mm -hmm. restrictions on the lending guidelines. Um, the investors were very nervous about self-employed individuals. So. For a while, uh, some owners didn't even, wouldn't even touch a self-employed borrower. Um, mm -hmm. And some of the down payment assistance programs were suspended. Uh, guidelines were changed. Just everything was a mess. Um, and I, this is not a good sign that we have more lenders going out of business. Yeah, that's a, that's a little scary. So what... Um What's the number one tip that you would then give to first-time homebuyers, especially right now, you know, with things being a little, a little topsy-turvy with the interest rates and, you know, are we recession? Are we what's post-COVID? Like there's all kinds of craziness, but there, you mentioned that there is inventory coming up, which is something that a year ago didn't exist. What do you, what's the number one tip that you would give someone who's looking to buy right now? Well, here's the thing. You have to live somewhere, right? So it's never, it's always better to pay your own mortgage than to pay your landlord's rent. Um, <clears throat> so 
In almost every scenario I can imagine, in the long run, it's definitely worth it. Even if your mortgage payment's a little bit higher than your rent payment might be, um, it's definitely worth it to build your own equity and build your own wealth than just, you're just flushing money down the toilet when you pay your landlord, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, maybe you just tighten your budget. Um, a lot of people are deciding to wait, quite honestly. A lot of people are hoping prices will come down a little bit. Um, I don't ever try to really pressure anybody into, you know, I don't want to say hurry up and buy now. Um, but, you know, it's always a good idea to invest in yourself. So that's my number one tip is get a rent versus own comparison. You can call me. I can give you one. You can go on my website, email me, whatever. Um, there's a calculation that we can run that will show you your rent, your likely rent increases versus the appreciation on your home's value and your overall equity and the wealth that you will have built over whatever amount of time, if we want to look at five years out, 10 years out, 15 years out. And um, you'll be able to see that you can really um, build your own wealth rather than pay for your landlord's kids to go to college. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, it's, there's a lot of great resources that you've talked about. You know, you have your, your book. Tell us a little bit about the, oh no, wait a minute. Do you have a first time home buyer's guide or is that just, yes. okay. that is on my website. And so you can go to my website. Um, you can actually go to www.firsttimebuyershandbook.com and that actually just directs you to my website where this handbook is featured. So there's. Okay. Detailed directions, instructions, if you will, um, things to keep in mind, things everybody should know before going into the process, what to expect during the process. And then in there, there is an example of a rent versus own comparison. Mm, good. Um, yeah. And then I can run an individual one based on individual circumstances. And if someone wanted for you to do that to them, how, for them, how would you, how would they reach you? I always answer my phone. I'm at 916-215-9811. And I can be found on the interwebs at stephanieboyd.com, which is spelled like Gwen Stefani. So it's S-T-E-F-A-N-I-B-O-Y-D.com. Nice. She really did. She ruined my life. But I always say that Lady <laughs> Gaga spells her name the same way and she came back and redeemed me. So for years, literally, I got called Stefani for like half oh. of my life until about, I don't know, 10, 15. How long? When did Lady Gaga come around? When yeah. it, when they found out she was named, I think it might have been after her movie came out. Really, people have just been quite recently calling me Stephanie again. So got anyway. it. I did see it's funny because when I looked at the paperwork to have you on and and it was kind of like I was I initially thought it was Stefani. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. Stephanie, it's I like that. I like that. Thank you for clearing that, clarifying that for us. <laughs> sure. That is awesome. People can also contact and be connected with um, Stephanie on Facebook. And so all of these links are on the show page for anyone who has. And maybe you're a young woman who would just like to have a, a conversation with Stephanie about how to get through um, and just live your dream or get into whatever it is, be determined to get into what you want to, the role that you want to get in. If you're in the teens and you have a little bit of, a little bit of challenges coming up in your life, I'm sure that it sounds to me like Stephanie is an amazing mentor. 
I would love the opportunity to mentor any young ladies out there that are going through anything similar that I might help them navigate through. That is awesome. That is awesome. I'm sure hopefully someone will once will take you up on that because that's we need that. We need that. Well, Stephanie, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the Women Entrepreneur Show today. It was a delight um, doing the interview. Thank you so much for having me. And hearing your story. And uh, I think there's a lot more in that story to unpack. (laughs) One day we might have to do that. But thank you very much for being on the Women Entrepreneur Show today. Thanks for having me. I hope to come back and see you again. I would love that. I would love that. We'll have to, we'll have to, like I said, that'd be a great topic to talk about. Um, Maybe we can do a live on, on Facebook or Insta or something that can really involve, involve other people. That'd be a fun thing to do. That would be fun. Awesome. Awesome. We will stay in touch. And for those of you who want to stay in touch with Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire, you can go to our website, womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. That is women, plural, and entrepreneurs, plural. You can find all of these links, of course, on the show page. If you are interested in either being on the Women Entrepreneurs Show or you would like to see a topic covered on the Women Entrepreneurs Show, reach out to our group liaison, that is Kelly, K-E-L-L-I, at womenentrepreneurs.com and put in the subject line what you would like. And, and we'll see if we can we can't either cover a topic for you or get you featured on the program. We love featuring dynamic women like the ones and that have great stories that like the ones that Stephanie shared with us today. So thank you very much again, Stephanie, for being on the program. Thank you for everyone for to for listening or watching. And as I like to close all of the shows, I want everyone to take a nice deep breath, relax, and simply enjoy every moment.